Alright guys, if you, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn with me to uh, Galatians chapter uh, 5. We're going to be in verses 16 through 17 tonight. Tonight guys, we're going to be continuing our series in the book of Galatians, obviously. We're going to be continuing the series that we called um, Good News, right? And like we've all know, like we've all heard, the word good news literally means, in its literal sense, means uh, gospel, right? And, and when we read the book of Galatians, we get the sense that it is by justification, by faith alone. And when I really think about the word gospel, and I think about its orig- original translation, I'm like, man, what better meaning to the word gospel than good news? That it is good news that Jesus Christ, the one who's been there from the beginning, that where all things were made through him, he stepped down from glory, lived the life that we couldn't live, that went to the cross and bore our shame, bore our punishment, then died, then resurrected in the third day, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he is still at right now. Like that is completely good news. And not only is it good news that when we repent and when we believe in the gospel, that he doesn't just leave us there. He doesn't leave us there here on earth to figure out, well, good luck. Go through your trials by yourself. Go through uh, battle the sin by yourself. But yet he sends the spirit of the living God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to dwell in us believers. And how cool is that, that if we are believers, that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to help us grow in our walk with Christ, to help us grow, to come to know him closer, get to know him more, to love him more, help us to battle the sin, to go through the things in our life. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us if we are children of God, if we have repented and believe in the gospel. And that song, you know, firm foundation that we will build our life upon him. And we'll get to that a little kind of similar to that a little bit later. But we can ultimately build our life upon him without the help of the Holy Spirit. He is there to empower us, to help us grow in our walk to know Christ. And that's what we're going to be looking at tonight, guys, from our text in Galatians is I've titled this message is walking by the spirit, walking by the Holy Spirit, walking In the spirit. So if you are in chapter five right now, I want you to go ahead and look with me to at verse 16. We're going to read to 17. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. See, what has led Paul to this point of Galatians, what has led him right here to write verses 16 and 17, that he has spent the first half of the book of Galatians, or majority really leading up to it, rebuking and warning the church of Galatia about the false teaching that is going around them and warping them in their walk with Christ. And some of the false teaching that was going around is that, is that we are saved by faith plus the law. In other words, that's like me coming to you and saying that you were saved by faith plus good works. And that is like complete heresy. There's no amount of Bible reading that I can tell you to do. There's no amount of praying, church going, good manners that you can do that will secure secure your salvation. That we are saved by grace alone, God's grace, by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and by faith alone in Jesus. 
And some of the false teachers, they, they were coming around and they were corrupting them. They were, they were hindering their walk with Christ. And two Wednesdays ago, Cade preached an, an awesome message on the corruption that happens in our life. Sometimes in our walk with Christ. And like he said a couple weeks ago, sometimes we, we start off fire on fire with, on our walk with Christ. We're going really strong and something, sometimes something's coming our way and they corrupt us with our walk with Christ and we feel like we are just sliding backwards with them. And sometimes that can be things such as sin in our life, that we're just unrepentant sin that we just keep choosing instead of yielding to the Spirit. Or maybe that's the friends that we're hanging around is similar to what's happening in Galatia. The people are coming around in their lives, corrupting them, corrupting them, and hindering them. Maybe that's friends in your life or whatever it may be. There's things that come in our life that corrupt our walk with Christ. And sometimes it's our own desire. Sometimes it's our own flesh. And that is what Paul picks up on here in verse 16. In order to avoid that corruption in our life, something to make you go backwards in our walk with Christ and hinder your walk with Christ, we must walk by the Spirit living in us. And walking with the Spirit, it has, you know, it can have a little, a lot of baggage around it. It may sound weird to some of you guys, but walking with the Spirit is not sitting in a room all completely by yourself, so outreached from society and just singing kumbaya all the time. But walking with the Spirit simply means that we are in step with the Spirit. Slowly, we are allowing Him to be the teachers, the teacher of our lives, allowing Him to be the leader of all of our decisions, allowing Him to have total control over our lives. And we must understand that the Spirit, that He is not some kind of, some of you guys do know this, some of you may not, but the Spirit, He's not some kind of genie. He's not some kind of angel in heaven. He's not some kind of energy ball from God that makes you just do these weird things. But the Spirit, He Himself, that He is God. That the Spirit, that He is co-eternal with God the Father, God the Son. It's where we get the doctrine of the Trinity from, the teaching of the Trinity from, that the, the Spirit, He has been there since the beginning. He was there hovering over the waters in um, Genesis. And then the role of the Spirit in our lives as believers is that He comes to teach us. He comes to impart spiritual life into our dead souls. And every single person that is saved and has the Spirit of the living God living in them. And He helps us and He grow and He helps us guide in our walk with Christ. And life in the Spirit, it is a, it is a free life. It's a life that, that we have in freedom. It's a great relationship that we have with Jesus. It's not freedom just to go and do whatever you want and continue to sin and try abusing God's grace like that. But we, it is the freedom to obey Christ and come to know Him better. It is freedom from the guilt of our sin because God, He has forgiven us. It is freedom from the penalty of our sin because Christ has bore our penalty. And through the Spirit, ultimately, we are free from the power of sin in our lives. That we, that unless we just keep on choosing our sin, in which you will, we have power through the Holy Spirit to help us overcome the sin that is in our lives. And when Paul says, when, when Paul says, walk by the Spirit, he is not referring to these super Christians. He's not referring to pastors. He's not referring to old people or your parents or, or these missionaries, but he is referring and commanding every single believer to walk 
by the Spirit, to keep in step with Him. And walking with the Spirit is for to Him to have His way in your life. It's that you do not help the Spirit guide your life, that you are not a co-leader in your life with the Spirit, that He alone guides your life, and your job is to yield to the Holy Spirit wherever He is guiding you. You walk with Him wherever He guides you. And when a person is walking by the Spirit, they're bringing God glory. When we bear fruit, according to John 15, that we are bringing glory to God. And when a person is actively walking with the Spirit, their thoughts are not of this world. They're set apart from this world. Their their thoughts are not like the people of this world. Their ways are not like the people of this world. As Colossians 2, 3 says, set your minds on things above, not on the things of this earth. A person is filled with the Spirit, is seeking the kingdom of God firsthand. His desires are not on the things of this world, but they are on the kingdom of God and what God desires for them to do. And we see the fruit of the Spirit and what a person looked like who is walking with the Spirit in verses 22 through 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The first one, love. Do, do you love people? Like genuinely, do you love people? I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone has to be your best friend, that everyone has to come over to your house and to stay the night just like they're your best friend. But the love, it is a self-sacrificial love to other people. Philippians 2, do we count others more significant than to, do we count others more significant than ourselves? Love for others is a sign of sincere faith in Christ. You cannot love God and hate a brother or sister. Scripture says that if one one says, I love God, but hates a brother, he is a liar. And what about joy? I'm not, and this, and it's not talking about where everything is just go giggles in your life. Everything's going to be okay. That the fruit of the spirit is joy in your life. Then everything's just going to be great. It's going to be sunshines and rainbows. That's not what the Christian life is like. So don't get confused by that. But the joy is that you have an eternal joy in you. You have your hope set on the living God that no matter the trials you go through, the circumstances that you may be in, the home life that you have, as bad as it may suck, you can have your hope set on the living God and eternal joy in your inner being The saying, if I lose everything, I have Christ, that I rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. That is the fruit of joy in our life. And when you're actively walking with the Spirit, it will be evident because you will be bearing the fruits such as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness. Not only when you were in public, not only when you were up here on Wednesday nights, not only when you were in church service, or not only when you're around your parents, but wherever you may be, when you're around Christians, when you're alone, when you're, when you're around the friends who don't have the same Christian values as you, no matter what, we are bearing the fruit of the Spirit, and we are walking with Him step by step, day by day, and moment by moment, no matter where you are. And the evidence of a transformed heart is that no matter where you, who you're around or where you are, is that you're walking with the Spirit and bearing fruit. And that kind of leads me to my first thing I want to pull from the text tonight and bring to our attention is, first point is, walking with the Spirit is not a one-time experience. In verse 16, walk, the word walk, it is used in the present tense. Paul's not talking about something that happened six years ago in your life and you're banking it, you walk off that. Paul's talking about a regular, a continuous, a continuous, a habitual 
life of bearing fruit and walking with the Spirit. He's not talking something, we don't walk with the Spirit. He's not talking about walking with the Spirit here and there or just every now and then. Ephesians 5.8 tells us, and do not get drunk with wine. This is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. In the, little tra- in the literal translation of being be filled with the Spirit is be being filled. And being filled with the Spirit here is not talking about when the Spirit comes to dwell and live inside of you at your salvation. You all have the Holy Spirit if you are a believer. But Paul, he is picking up the difference between being under the influence of alcohol or but be filled and be influenced by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is being it refers to being under his control in total submission to wherever he is leading you. Let him work from the inside of you. Let him soften your heart. Let him transform you from the way you think, your heart, your soul, and let him transform you on the outside, the way you treat people, the way you go and you do stuff day by day, not just every now and then. We don't just follow the spirit. We don't just walk by the spirit when it's just convenient for us, when we are on cloud nine. We don't just walk by the Spirit when we want to, when everything is going exactly how we want it to in life. But we walk by the Spirit when even life is not so great. In life, when you're going through some of the hardest things of your life, that is when God is near. He's near to the brokenhearted. We follow the Spirit day by day when we are facing trials, when we are facing our hardship. It's It's not that we pick and choose what day do I want to follow the Spirit. What days do I really want to worship God? But every single day we are called to come underneath the empowerment and die to ourselves and come underneath the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and walk with him step by step. And many of us in here tonight and all across the world, we base our whole entire walk with Jesus of one great week that we had at church camp. We base our whole entire walk of Jesus that something that we that's something that happened at D now. And what do I mean by that? Is that we go to a church camp for a week or we go to D now for a weekend and we live really, really, really hard for Jesus during that week or that weekend. And when we leave there, we say, well, that's enough Jesus for me for the year. Peace out, Jesus. I'm just going to go pick myself up at the door right where I left myself. And we continue to go on with the same person that we were before when we got there to that camp. We do not go to these events. We do not go to church camp. We do not go to these D-nows or come to church even to catch an emotional feeling then leave there and just go and live like the rest of the world. And if we are walking with the Spirit, if we are only walking with the Spirit when we are emotional, have an emotional moment at the altar, and we're only walking with Spirit during those moments and we leave, what is it good for? Don't get me wrong. Praise God for those moments when we, when he brings us to tears and adoration of, in, of his beauty and his majesty. And we can see his glory in those moments. I'm not saying those moments are bad, but if those moments are the only time that you were seeking and following Jesus and being, and yielding yourself to the spirit, then you are missing 90% of the Christian walk. We don't walk by the spirit only when we feel like it. Walking by the spirit, it is not a feeling. If we're just walking by the Spirit, if we're just following Jesus whenever we feel like it, you're not going to feel like it very often. There's days when you're going to wake up and you don't feel like listening to where he is leading you. There's days where you wake up and you want to feel like following the flesh over and over again. You may feel like it one or two days a week, following Jesus and 
yielding to the Spirit is not based on your feelings. It's not based on following Him when you feel like it. There are many times in life where you do not feel like following the Spirit. And when you feel distant from God, there may be times when you feel distant from God, like the corruption comes in and you are distant from Him. And that could be, like I said earlier, from many things in our life, such as sin, the lack of prayer in our life, or just lack of yielding to Him. In those moments when we feel distant, He is still near to us. He doesn't leave us. We're the one who don't yield to him and keep following him. He is there. We just have to turn around and submit ourselves to him and walk by the spirit. We don't walk by the spirit just once a year at a church camp. God does not want you. God does not want to rent you for a one once a week a year or one or a couple days at a D now for once a year. But he wants your whole heart. He wants you to wake up every day and to follow him, to submit to him, to yield to him wherever he is leading you. We walk in the spirit in the present tense, wherever our feet are, we're to walk in the spirit. And why do we continually walk in him? Why is it such a big deal to walk by the spirit? Why don't we do that? Because we still have the flesh to deal with. We still have sin that it surrounds us, still sin in us because we, if we're believers, we're not fully glorified yet with Jesus. Which kind of leads me to my second point for tonight, guys, is walking in the spirit is war. Verse 17 says, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And the flesh here, right here in scripture, is not talking about our literal skin or our literal bones, but it's talking about the sin that is still dwelling in us, the sin that we still have to fight, that we are at war against every day as as Christians. And we are still at war against sin in our life that remains in our life that keeps on hindering us from God. And that sin at times that makes us feel like we are distant from God makes us feel like we don't even know God. And it's so easy to follow our fleshly desires because honestly, it is our natural desires. Our desires are not naturally of God, but yet they are against him. And that's why we are to wake up as Christians every day and to die to ourselves, not to follow our our, our fleshly desires, not to follow our sinful passions, but die to ourselves, deny ourselves, tell our flesh no. And, and, And on this side of heaven, we will never, we will never, not sin again. We will always have to battle the struggle of sin until either Jesus comes back or until we die or we are with him in glory forever. And the apostle Paul, he kind of has something similar to this in Romans 7. He understands the war. He see, we see the war that Paul is talking about in Romans 7. In 19 verse through 20, it says, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but it is that sin dwells in me. And here we have the great apostle Paul who has been saved. He's a believer, wrote 13 books in the New Testament, yet he's crying out. He's crying out saying, I'm trying to follow God, but there's evil keeping me from doing it. I keep on falling. I keep on getting corrupted by the sin. And there's sin dwelling in me. And just like Paul did in that moment, we still have dwelling sin in our lives here on this earth. We have sin in our innermost being. And our sin nature is not caused by other people around us. You sinning is not 
you, your sin is not caused by someone else. Yes, someone else may tempt you, something may tempt you, but ultimately it is you sin because you are giving in to those desires around us. The problem is not out there. The problem is in our innermost being. It is in our heart because our heart is deceitful above all things. And Paul was not saying that the flesh and the spirit, and back in Galatians 5, that the spirit, that the flesh and the Holy Spirit, that they're equal to each other, that the flesh has more power than the Holy Spirit. But when, but the flesh, but the, the flesh and our sinful desires, it is stronger than your willpower. It's stronger than your wisdom. It's stronger than your strength. And when we rely on our white knuckle discipline to try to overcome the sins that we continually choose, we will always fall flat on our face. You do not have more power to overcome the sin in your life. And the only way for freedom from our sinful desires and the sin that is still dwelling here in us as believers is by the empowering and yielding to the Holy Spirit living inside of us if we are believers. We cannot walk by the Spirit and at the same time walk by the flesh. The mind of the flesh, it is death. But the mind of the spirit, it is life and peace. The, the, the flesh and the spirit, they do not co-sign with each other. We cannot be friends with both the flesh, the flesh and the uh, spirit. They're opposed to each other. They're at war with each other. And we see the difference between the flesh and the spirit. Also in verses 19 to, through 23, it says the, f- the flesh, the things that lead to death, is idolatry, jealousy, envy, drunkenness. Then the spirit which leads to life is love, is faithfulness, goodness, and joy. That's just to name a few of them. That's not all of them. But we see the difference between the two. We see the difference between the works of the flesh, and we see the difference between the fruit of the uh, spirit. They're in complete opposition to one another. They're like oil and water going against each other. And if we are going to walk by the spirit and yield by ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we ultimately, we cannot make peace with the sin that is going on in our life. We must wake up every day and yield ourselves, tell our flesh no, and to yield underneath the power of the Holy Spirit. And the easiest way for some of us to fall into sin is to make gratifications for the flesh. Romans 13, 14 says, put on the Lord Jesus and make no provisions for the flesh. In other words, do not make it easy for yourself to sin. Don't put yourself in a situation where you know beforehand that you will be tempted and you think that you have more power to overcome that sin that you, that you know you'll be tempted to face. That's not smart. That's just not smart thinking. A lot of times we, we, we go through life in fifth year, we go through life speeding ahead, not thinking of the consequences that we will face, not thinking of the things that could possibly arise from us. And we just go through life loosey-goosey and we just and we just fall into temptation because we do, we just continually make gratifications for the flesh. And you may wonder why is this war? Why is this the, the cause between my flesh and the spirit so hard? And we would look back at scripture. It tells us it says that they are opposed to each other. And we see at times where we are striving to walk with the spirit. We are desperately, we're really trying. We're like Paul back in Romans 7. We're trying to do the good in our life. We see the good and we're trying to do it. But we keep on falling because the sin in this life, it is holding us back to become really what we wish we could be in this Christian life. And when we sin and when we, when we mess up, we feel like we are done. We feel like the sin in our life that we feel like we have 
conquered, that we have overcome, we just comes and jerks us out of nowhere, and we feel like we are under the yoke of slavery, and we feel like we are out of the reach of the grace of God. We feel like that I can never be forgiven. We feel like when these doubts come in our mind, would a Christian really do this? And we start asking ourselves this, and Satan starts attacking us and shaming us and making us feel like we are so far out of the grace of God when we feel in these moments. But when those moments arise, we must look back at the cross. When those moments arise in our head, we look to the cross and remind ourselves that Jesus, he paid it all. That all of my sin that I committed in my past before I came to know him and the sin that I will continue to do after I come to know him, it was paid for in all. No condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus because Jesus paid it all. And we look to the cross as a reminder for that. We look for the cross that, yes, Jesus paid it all and he died in my place and he rose and defeated death for me. And now by repenting and believing in the gospel, I share in the victory with, of, with Jesus Christ that he has won on my behalf, that he is the one who conquered sin. And that is our hope. It's that when we feel like we are so far out of the grace of God, when we are Christians, we will continue to sin. We've messed up and we just feel like we cannot be forgiven because we know what we should be doing, but we demand we did this. We look to the cross as a reminder of the grace of God that he has given to us and a reminder of the great love that he has for us. So we see that walking with the spirit, that it's not a one-time experience. It's not something that we just do one time a year or one time a week and we leave and act like nothing happened. And we see by walking with the spirit that we are at war with the flesh. And my third point tonight, guys, is walking with the spirit, it leads to growth. And so many, and so many people, and maybe even some of you guys in here tonight, all you do is we, we repent. I did this forever. Still do. Repent and we believe in the gospel. And all we do is we just sit there at the doorway of salvation. We just sit there and we think that believing in Jesus is really all that Jesus has for me. And we just sit there when we walk in the door, but we never walk by the spirit. We never take an opportunity to grow in the spirit, we just sit there at the doorway of salvation. And does that mean that we won't be perfect if we follow the spirit? No, absolutely not. We just said, we saw Paul in Romans 7. We will never be perfect here in this life, but we are called to grow in our walk with Christ. We have a new life. As Romans 6 tells us, just as you presented your members to slave, to impurity, to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Just as you were gratifying the flesh before you came to know Christ, when you come to know him, just as you were doing that, you give yourself to the spirit. And when you do that, it leads us to to sanctification. It leads us to grow in our holiness with Christ. And so many of us, we're searching for the will of God in our lives. We're searching for what do I want? Where does God want me? Who does he want me to marry? What career does he want me to pass? We're searching for the will of God in our lives. But we look over what he really wants us to do, that his will for us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, for the, this is the will of God for your sanctification. We're so worried about what God can give me later in this life and what is the will for God, which is not a bad thing, but we look over are the will that he has for us that is sanctification. And we're so worried about where God wants us, what's his will for us later in life, and we just skip over and we never yield to the spirit and follow him. 
But if we would just yield to the Spirit, come underneath His control and grow in our holiness, walk with God day by day, ultimately He will lead you for His will in your life wherever He wants you in the future. And this growth that I'm talking about, this growth of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, really what sanctification means, this growth that we have in sanctification, we cannot do this from our own willpower. We cannot do this from our flesh. But ultimately the growth, it comes from the Holy Spirit. Our growth does not come from any ability in us our growth to know Christ deeper, our, our, our growth to love him more and to know him more does not come from any ability that we have within us, but solely it comes from yielding and actively walking with the Spirit because he is the source of our growth. We can't grow ultimately if we do not have the Holy Spirit. How can you grow with the Spirit if we do not even have the Spirit ourselves? And many times I think we can rely in a we can try to rely on ourselves. We can try to apply the fruit of the Spirit before we even have the Spirit himself living inside of us. And you trying to replicate the fruit of the Spirit is not ultimately what saves your soul. You trying to do better is not what saves your soul. You trying to do better is not what brings you in the right relationship with Christ. As Spurgeon once said, he said, holiness is not the way to Christ, but Christ is the way to holiness. Everything about our Christian walk, everything about our Christian walk, it begins with Christ. It keeps on going with Christ and it ends with Christ. Christ is preeminent. He is the whole point. We follow him. He is the none better. Everything starts and finishes with Christ. And we do not grow spiritually if we do not know Christ as our Lord and Savior of our lives. And many of us, we treat Christianity, not just y'all, but people all across the world, we, we treat and we think of Christianity as it's like it's just a tree in our life. And we cut down some of the bad limbs. We cut down some of these things, but we don't ever get to the root of the problem. We never get to the root of the tree, which is the sin in our lives. Is that we have a corrupted, sinful nature. Our souls are corrupted. And when we try to do these things, we try to do these do's and don'ts, there's no heart change whatsoever. There's no heart that is just loving God. There's no heart in the mind that is just adored by God and his glory. And all you see him as is just the old grandpa pointing his finger at you saying, don't do that or don't do this. And we take that mentality and we look at the book of the Bible. We look at the word of God and we think, I can't read that because it's going to tell me what I should and shouldn't do. Ultimately, yeah, it will sometimes. But the whole point, man, it is Jesus and to see him and to know him. And when we have no heart change whatsoever, we become, we get in this legalistic relationship with God. In other words, we get where we think we have to earn God's love. Saying, well, God, if I don't do this, you're not going to love me. Well, if I do this, you're going to love me. And like I said, there is just no heart change whatsoever in which leads you into a slavery. It leads you into a yoke of slavery. In Christianity, it is not about coming under just do's and don'ts. And that's part of what happened with the Galatians here. They were trying to earn God's love by the law, but yet we have freedom and by walking with the Spirit. We must get to the root of our problem, like I said, which is sin. We need our hearts to be softened and changed by God himself. And that happens when the Spirit of the living God, he comes and he convicts our souls. He comes and he shines his light on our dark and souls. And then we see when he convicts of our 
convicts us of our sins, we see his glory. We see his majesty. We see how preeminent Jesus is. We see the great love that he has for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were in our worst situation, we can see him now. We can see. That's a lot of the testimonies. I don't know what happened. I just see now. I see the glory of Christ. I see the beauty of Christ. I see him for who he is. I see him as Lord in my life. And when we see him, like that, when he enlightens our eyes, when our hearts are softened, it leads us to repentance, turning from our sin and running and believing in the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It's that Christ came, that you were sent, we are sinners, and we cannot reconcile that relationship. But God sent his son Jesus to die in our place, and we repent and believe in the gospel. That is ultimately what brings us salvation. And when we believe in the gospel, when we are saved, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, to live inside of us believers. And we're not called to just sit there once he comes to live in us. We're not called to go and just do whatever we want. But we are called to walk by the Spirit second by second, moment by moment, and day by day, constantly yielding ourselves to him. In the midst of a moment, not saying you have to sit in a corner for 20 minutes and pray every second. But you slow down and we yield ourselves to him. We're called to make war with our flesh. When we feel our sinful desires arising, we kill them. We go to war with them by the power of the Holy Spirit because he, the spirit living in you, has more power over the sin in your life. He has the power to free you from that sin in your life. So we're called to grow in our holiness. We're called to make war with our sin. And we do that. We can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit, by actively walking and yielding ourselves to him. That's a that's a hope that we have here as Christians, that Christ did not leave us here. When you were saved, he didn't leave you here and say, good luck on your own, going through whatever you go through, going through the temptations that you may face, whatever it may be. But He offers you a way out. If you were a child of God, like I said, you have the spirit living in you. He offers you a way out. He is there to give you power over that sin, to help you guide you, to help you in the midst of whatever circumstance you're going to. He is there to be with you. And we must yield ourselves to him. Slow down. Don't make gratifications for the flesh. Don't put yourself in situations, but walk by the spirit every single day. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are, that you dwell in us, inside us believers, God, that God, once you save us, God, that you don't leave us here to figure out things on earth. You don't, you don't leave us here to battle the sin in our life by our own power of God, but Holy Spirit, God, you were there with us. If we are believers, God, you were there with us, Jesus, to help us. And even the in our circumstances, to help us to grow, to know you more, to love you more, God, that you were with us, Lord, that you were the paraclete, that you were the one standing alongside with us. That no matter what we go through, God, that you are there with us, God. The Holy Spirit, that, Lord, may we push into you, may we yield our lives to you, may we continue to yield our hearts, to, to yield our thoughts, our eyes, our tongues, our mouth, our minds, Lord, whatever it may be, it is yours. And we walk by you, not just sometimes, not just whenever we feel like it, not when we're around somebody, God, but we walk by you, Holy Spirit, 
wind, wherever our feet are. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.